Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. We are in season two, episode three tonight, and we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into your most burning relationship questions with a special guest. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's hop right into these trending topics. So the first thing we got to talk about is Wendy Williams and her off-the-hook behavior lately. Wendy has just been doing it all, and we're going to get into it. So the first thing is Wendy asked Gary Owens on a date on live TV. So Gary Owens is a white comedian. He's most famously known for getting invited to the picnic, quote unquote. He's He was married to a black woman. He has biracial children. You know, he's just somebody who's really familiar with black culture and he's kind of inserted himself into black culture. So that's comedian Gary Owens. Um, his ex-wife accused him of basically abandoning the family after he filed for divorce. And I guess Gary's doing a tour around different outlets trying to clear his name after his ex-wife took to social media to um, blast him. So he was on Wendy's show, you know, clearing his name, talking about he takes care of his kids and him and his wife or his ex-wife are going through it right now. But there's absolutely no way that he would lay down his responsibilities as a father and as a husband um, until they are completely divorced and he's still taking care of his family. After, you know, Wendy got out her burning questions, she went ahead and invited Gary out to dinner on live TV. She described the restaurant. She talked about what she would eat there, what he would eat there, how much fun they would have together. And it was a little bit cringy. I watched the clip and I was like, okay, obviously Gary looked, um, you know, noticeably uncomfortable with the proposal. And then he came back and said, of course, in a gentlemanly way, I would love to go to dinner with you, you know, as friends, two friends going out to dinner. And Wendy made it weird with the (laughs) air quotes and the winking and stuff like that. She's like, yeah, we'll go out as two friends. And I'm just like, girl, I get it. You're divorced. You're ready to mingle, you know, with other successful people, but you're going to ask a man who's going through a bitter divorce on live TV, if he will date you, Honestly, he looked uncomfortable when you started to talk about the prospect of you two going out to dinner and dating and you still kept pushing for it. I'm just like, Wendy, like this is, this is not the Wendy we've come to know. But you know, when she was under her ex's thumb, she couldn't say things like that. This is something he would find to be, you know, very disrespectful. And so she was never able to kind of do this kind of thing um, since she's been on TV. So I get the flirtation that she wants to have, but I don't know. I just want her to chill a little bit. So then the second thing, uh, over the weekend, Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter had their celebrity boxing match. Um, and every, you know, she went, uh, Wendy went to AC, a couple other celebrities went to AC to watch the fight. Lamar Odom ended up winning and Wendy went on the Wendy show social media and started talking about, you know, how they had, they celebrated together. Then Lamar needed to take a shower and then she proceeded to frolic home at 4am. Like it was very like read between the lines that she had a fling with Lamar Odom. This is my thing about that. 
okay? Wendy, you're a single lady. Like, you should be enjoying your singleness to the max. I know based on your biopic that you went through a lot in your relationship. So I'm happy that, you know, she's able to get out there and put herself out there. But she doesn't have social media that's only for her. Her social media is literally the Wendy show. That's the handle. So when you're posting things like that, like you really need to have a Finsta or a Wendy Instagram where you just have your friends and you guys are kikiing back and forth, your different celebrity friends. And once in a while, a picture or two will leak from it. But to want it to be, to send things to your publicist, to have them be posted on the Wendy show page when it seems like, you know, you had a little libations and you did whatever, no judgment. Um, but you are really in your bag and then you go and post something like that in reference to Lamar Odom. So I don't know. I mean, she's going to do her. She always has, but at this point it's definitely bringing down the brand. I mean, all these pictures, like the whole Instagram needs to be rebooted in my opinion, like all these old blurry pictures that she's posting where she looks really lit need to be taken down ASAP. There should be only Wendy show content on that page, polls, questions about past shows, guests that are coming on the show, all that. And Wendy should set up a private Instagram for her and her girls to kiki about the guy she's dating, what she's eating, her lit photos, her lit videos. I mean, let's face it. We're all humans. We all do it. You know, you have your close friends when you're lit lit and you don't even post it to your regular stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen y'all I'm down with the I'm down with the married lady get down you know what I'm saying like you (laughs) you don't want everybody to see but you're doing you know you're doing your thing you're doing your thing but you're doing it on close friends so I feel like she needs to get a equivalent of close friends in her life so she can go ahead and share with the people that understand what she's going through and what you know understand what level she's at And everybody else can just get the regular Wendy show promos that we need to see. We don't need to see all this. This is just too much behind the curtain. Like, it's just too much. All right, so let's move on to the next topic, BET's Encore. So if you are an avid listener, you know that last week we talked about BET's Encore. Um, It's a super group of women from past girl groups, and we were talking about it before the premiere. So we're basically just talking about it based on the trailer. Now the first episode has dropped, so I had to talk about it again because it is literally my new favorite show. So on the show, we have people from a range a wide age range um, of girl groups, right? So we have the 90s girl groups, Total and 702. And then we have like the early 2000s into the late 2000s. So in the early 2000s, I guess I put Nivea, um, 3LW, Cherish. And then the late 2000s, um, Danity Kane, I think Danny Kane might be the newest group that's um that's represented. But yeah, it's like a wide range of different groups. I mean, the voices are still there. I thought about Black. Black is like in between Danity Kane and um 3LW and those. So <clears throat> The voices are still there. The ladies were, you know, flexing those vocal tones. 
Um, the diva attitudes are still there. You know, some people are still pretending like they don't need this show, that they can make it on their own. And to that, I say, why are you on this show? You know, everybody that's here is here for a reason. You want to either spark that career back up or you want to get into that reality TV money. Whatever the case is, you're not here for your health. You're here for a reason. So that was pretty funny that some of them were pretending like they didn't need the show. And it looks like, you know, some of them are more rusty than others in the dancing department. The girls, the ladies got on the floor to show their dance skills. And some of the, you know, younger women who might be still taking choreography or just started off being stronger dancers, they were shining through. And then some of the other people were falling to the back, not able to really keep up. But that's to be expected. I really love the concept of this show. To be honest, I wish they would have done like multiple different castings for it for different seasons. And I'll tell you why. So the younger, the tw- the 2000s and down, you know, they're still like dancing, singing, like ready to go. The 90s girls are more like they want to put out a smooth R&B record where they don't have to do so much pop, pop, shabop. A lot of them are married. They don't want to talk about sex. They don't want to talk about, you know, drinking and being wild. You know, some of them like have a renewed relationship with Jesus and all this stuff, which is, you know, great. But they're in a whole different vein than the younger girls who are still like, I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about drugs. I want to talk about scamming. Like, I don't know. But <laughs> it's like a whole different vibe. I would have loved to seen the 2000s girls maybe be like the first season or the, the 90s girls be the first season, whoever. Do five or six of them for a season one and then have the other people that were interested in the project go ahead and do a season two. Because we've seen in these type of shows, if it's a hit especially, there'll be a fall premiere and then they'll turn around and do a spring premiere. They only need like six or seven episodes. So it could literally be like half and half, like the first season, five episodes to get the showcase together sixth episode is the showcase and then by the time the show comes back in the spring it's a whole new crop of women you know what I mean because then there wouldn't be such a divide of like I don't want to be in a group with somebody who doesn't want to sing about everything and I don't want to be in a group with somebody who doesn't want to dance because they can't get the movements anymore you know which is which is a concern when you're putting a girl group together like you have to be on the same page so I saw that to say watch this show um so we can continue to discuss it not every week but you know as things happen we'll dip and dive into it the next topic dj khaled hypes a dead crowd y'all let me tell you something okay when i saw these videos and people put the um scraping sounds of a sneaker behind him when he was trying to get people to sing along with him i'm like this is too much the internet is undefeated so um tiktok versus youtube fight happened over the weekend it was like a social media i don't know social media app fight This stuff is so crazy to me, y'all. I don't even watch half this stuff, but the clips were funny, so we're going to get into it. So Austin McBroom and Bryce Hall (laughs) had a fight. Austin ended up winning, if you care about that. Um, DJ Khaled opened up for them, and he was attempting to, like, hype the crowd. Whatever the case was, people have probably been waiting for hours by the time he came out, and all this stuff is never organized. So the crowd was probably just exhausted, ready to see the fight, or whatever the case may be. And they were not participating. They were not singing along. And the clips looked 
really, really, you know, just dry and lackluster on behalf of the crowd, though, because I feel like, yes, it's funny to make the memes and clips trying to um, play out DJ Khaled. But at the end of the day, you paid a ticket to be entertained and then you just sat there and did nothing. So I feel like the audience, if anything, played themselves. And I'm sure either way he got paid. So ha 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 right to the bank. That's all I got to say about that. Now, if you want a good laugh, I would definitely recommend the memes. But beyond that, this man is paid. I'm sure that other album he just dropped went platinum. Body in Motion is my jam. Um, Nothing but good things to say about DJ Khaled. Because honestly, I just feel like he's a positive person living, you know, holding down his family, doing what he loves. He's paid his dues. He's always been in the scene, DJing, you know, producing these tracks doing stuff like you know doing stuff behind the scenes when he wasn't like dj Khaled, we the best like before he was doing all that like he was working behind the scenes and like getting his cred up and like really building you know stacking his money and building himself into what he is today so i don't think one performance can make him feel i bet he don't i wouldn't i wouldn't if i was rich why would i feel some type of way all right, so the next topic, Christy Teigen issues a public apology for her cyberbullying. So we didn't really get into this um, a lot on this channel because this is something else that happened during the break. And I kind of just didn't want to get into negativity because some of the things that Christy said are really disgusting. And I was like, I just don't. I felt like the action um, that was taken by the brands and stuff that sponsored her was appropriate. And I was just cool with leaving it as it was. But Christy did go ahead and release a public apology. And this is after, like I was just saying, she was dropped from brand deals out of Macy's, her cooking show had halted and all the things she was really a part of were like letting her go slowly because of the fallout from this cyberbullying. Um, you know, the apology was well put together. I think she means what she says. Um, but that's just the nature of social media. I feel like this could be a lesson to everybody. When you put something on social media, very rarely can you scrub it all the way off. You know, there's always going to be that screenshot, especially when you're a public figure. You know, there's always going to be that screenshot. There's always going to be that super troll that goes back 20 years into your Twitter, um, you know, until your into your tweets and finds the things that you don't want them to find. So I don't know. This is just a cautionary tale for anybody who's working in the industry or plans on being famous or you never know what might happen to you. You might you might need to go back into those tweets and just look at what you said because you don't want to be the next person on the chopping block and it is relentless. When they pull out the evidence, you get you can be canceled in 20 minutes or less. You know, as soon as the story gets around, that's it. So be careful online and be kind when you post and just, you know, keep all that stuff. We live in a social media age. There's no hiding anymore once you post something. So you got to keep that in mind and just be kind and, and be the kind of person that you tell everybody else you are. You know what I mean? Don't be disgusting. Don't be nasty. If you're coming from a hateful place, take a social media break. Nobody needs it, especially not you. Okay? A little bit of tea gems. Dropping gems. <laughs> All right, so the next topic, Safari expecting another child? Dun, dun, dun. All right, guys, it was rumored earlier this week that the final straw for Erica in her divorce um, from Safari was another child that he is expecting outside of their relationship. 
Now, Erica was very quiet about these rumors. She kept posting her cryptic messages, um, showing that she is filming for Love and Hip Hop. So she's saying that watch Love and Hip Hop to see what's really been going on with her and their relationship behind the scenes. Um, she's spoken about not wanting him in the delivery room and how their divorce is causing her stress to her pregnancy. And she definitely doesn't want him there for the delivery. And Safari came back and said, no, he wants an injunction to be there for the delivery. So I don't know how that's going to go, but Safari definitely came back and flat out denied that he's expecting another child. He said the only child that he's expecting is the child that he is having with Erica. He also said people are just miserable. They'll believe anything and they'll spread anything, you know, which is true. So I guess only time will tell if um somebody else has a little bun in the oven for safaris. All right, in the last topic, In the Heights review. So over the weekend, In the Heights came out. It was released to theaters and it was also released to um, HBO Max. And so, you know, I went to go see it. It was the first movie I've seen in the theaters in a long time. I was so happy. It was so fun. The popcorn, the dancing, the singing. Um, in the Heights is an adaptation of the 2005 play by the Hamilton creator, Lin-Manuel. And it talks about Washington Heights, which is a largely Dominican um, neighborhood in New York City. So it just talks about that, the singing, the dancing, um, the ups and downs, gentrification, DACA. It just talks about everything. I really, really liked it. Um, so the creators of Hamilton, so that's Lin-Manuel who wrote it. And then the director was from Crazy Rich Asians. Um, he directed it and gave it that cinematic flair whatever, and the one critique that I did have in the movie were the lack of black and brown faces. I mean, let's face it, everybody in the movie was, you know, largely minorities. I don't think they really even had a lead character who wasn't a minority. So they had that going for them because they're trying to be authentic. But I just feel like, where are the Afro-Latinas? And it just, I hate to be this person, but they always get kind of swept under the rug the face of Latina, Latinx gets completely whitewashed to people who are quote unquote white passing. Um, and so it's just, it really, I don't know. I just feel like with Hamilton, um, even though it was just like a stage, like somebody literally filmed them on the stage, but it looked like I saw brown, I saw black, I saw white, you know, and Hamilton, um, is more of something where they could have whitewashed everything, right? Because back in those times, it was, unless, you know, you were in the Buffalo army or something, there was majority white people, but they made it their business to have a multicultural cast and have a lot of different skin tones, um, sizes, just every type of difference you could have. They had it on that stage. Um, they did have African-American main character and Benny, but that was pretty much, you know, it, um, and it, people were saying like, even the background dancers, the, the people on the streets, the people, it was just very light on the Afro-Caribbeans. And especially because a lot of, um, 
you know, Dominican people do have browner skin. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. It's like even in movies where we're supposed to be people of color are supposed to be represented. Somehow they just find a way to exclude the darker hue people. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comments um, and the other things that you liked about the movie or any of the other topics that we've discussed. And these have been our trending topics for the week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering the NBA, so let's get started. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has just announced that the NBA season will start on October 19th, 2021. So now let's talk about the individual awards that were handed out for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets has won the Most Valuable Player Award. He is the first second round draft pick to win the award. He is also the first Most Valuable Player to be swept in a playoff series since Magic Johnson and the LA Lakers were swept by the Detroit Pistons in the 1989 NBA finals. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz has won defensive player of the year. He is a three-time winner of this award. He has won the award in 2018, 2019, and this year 2021. Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz has won six men of the year. Tom Thibodeau of the New York Knicks has won coach of the year. He is a two-time winner of this award. He won it the first time in 2011 as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Let's move to NBA playoff action. We are currently in the semifinal round of the NBA playoffs. So let's start with the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns have swept the Denver Nuggets four games to zero. The Phoenix Suns are the first uh, team to advance to the Western Conference Finals. The LA Clippers are playing the Utah Jazz and the Utah Jazz are up two games to one in that series. Now let's move to the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers are playing the Atlanta Hawks and the 76ers are up two games to one in that series. And the Milwaukee Bucks are playing the Brooklyn Nets and that series is tied two games apiece. Just some news and notes about the injuries in uh, that particular series. Kyrie Irving sprained his ankle in the second quarter of game four and is questionable for game five and James Harden has missed games two, three, and four with a hamstring injury. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have a wonderful week. Okay, T-Crew. So for today's deep dive, we went into your um, burning relationship questions on our T-Talk with Shot Instagram page. And I said I had a special guest, so... Time for us to reveal the special guest. Can you say your name, please? Hello, my name is Cornell Derek Dancy. 
<laughs> That's right, y'all. It's my husband. He is a special guest today, and we're going to be addressing your questions the best that we can. So stay tuned. We're going to get into it. Now, all these questions came from Instagram. I gave you guys an hour, literally, and I got the first six questions, and these are the ones we're going to be responding to. <laughs> So next time you got to be careful to get your questions in early. And Bixie is also going to be this episode since he decided to join and now he won't leave us alone. All right. So the first question, you ready, Bab? Mm-hmm. The first question, how do you tell your partner you need space? All right. You can go first. Um, I think you could just kindly let them know that you have an activity that you might want to tend to. And just need some time and follow by saying that you need some time to yourself on the tail end. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a good, I I honestly think communication is so important. And so if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, you got to be able to talk to them. You got to be able to tell them how you feel. So if you're going to tell them, you know, if you need space, you got to tell them, you know, you need space. And you also probably want to preface it and not hurt their feelings like get the hell out like you don't want to say it like that just be like hey you know I'm gonna go for a little drive maybe go over my friend's house or just gonna go pick up some ice cream or something take myself on a little date and um I'll be back in about an hour so I just need a little time for me and I think that that's something that most people would be fine with All right, let's go to the next question. What do you define as cheating? I'll go first. Not playing. (laughs) I would say cheating is anything that you haven't agreed to with your partner. And, um, you know, as a caveat to that, I guess anything you feel weird about your partner knowing um, isn't something that you probably should continue to do. What do you think, babe? Uh, yeah, in the most common way, they would say there's the physical and verbal way of cheating. But other than that, uh, as a couple or with your partner, you should communicate the things early in a relationship that you don't think is appropriate. Yeah, yeah, true. Put it, put it out there and put it out there in the beginning so there's no room for questions later. Like, what do you consider cheating? What do they consider cheating? get it out there on the line and then bam, you have boundaries. All right. So the next question, what are the three most important things in a relationship? You got this one, Bab. I would say trust, communication, and faith. Bam. I can't say better myself. Maybe I'd add loyalty in the mix if there were four, but trust, trust, communication, and faith. Yeah, faith is loyalty. So good job. Nothing to add. That's what I would say too. All right. This is a good one. When is it too soon to discuss marriage? Mm. I would say it's too soon if you feel uncomfortable discussing it. You know, if you feel like... um you know, it's something that might cause a rift in the relationship. If you bring it up, that me- that might mean it's too early, or it also might mean that, you know, relationship of your marriage, your, your marriage, your relationship isn't headed for marriage, which is fine. I mean, not all relationships end in marriage. Some relationships, you know, end up being friendships. Some relationships are just solid on their own and, you know, the partners don't feel like they need to be married. So 
you know, bring it up when I think it feels comfortable for you. And, you know, if, when you do bring it up, if it's not comfortable for the other person, I think that speaks volumes about what they're looking for. Got anything to add? Babby does not have anything to add on that one. So we're going to move on. All right. So the fifth question, can you stay with someone who has deal breakers for you? Ooh. What do you think? Deal breakers for you? Yeah, they're saying that if somebody, they have a deal breaker, you're in a relationship with them, but there's something about them that you just can't, you can't get past it. Can you stay with that person? Uh, For most people, uh, no, I guess. If it's that important to you, yeah. I guess you have to let them know and part your separate ways. It's part of being mature and being an uh, adult, I would say. <laughs> Yeah. To know what's best for you first. Right? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think the question kind of says it all. If it's a deal breaker for you, it's not going to be something that you can easily get over. And it's not going to be something that, you know, your relationship is going to be able to withstand. So if, you know, that person has a deal breaker and it's really a deal breaker, like a for real deal breaker for you then um, you can't stay with that person because it's just not going to be the kind of relationship that you're looking for. Um, and, you know, if they have that deal breaker, you're not in the kind of relationship they're looking for either. So you kind of answered your own question, but if you're looking for a sign, this is it. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Y'all are never going to send questions in again, but I am not going to say your names, so you will stay anonymous. All right, the last question um and I guess I'll start off with this one. When do you know it's over? Wow, that's a hard question. I would say, you know, when it's over, you know, you don't have to ask. I think as a, as people, we know when something is over because it just doesn't feel the same anymore. You just don't have that connection to the person and you just want things to go back to when they were good. But you know, you just know that they're just not going to go back to things when they were good. And you just kind of have to call a spade a spade and um, let the chips fall where they may. Or at the very least, address it with your partner and just be like, listen, I don't feel the same as I used to. And so I'm really, you know, thinking it's over. Like, what can we do to fix this? <laughs> they are wrestling. I can't. Bab, do you have any answers? Do you have any um response to this question? No. <laughs> my husband and my dog are wrestling. This is our house. This is our house. Welcome to it. Um, and that was our last question, guys. So I hope that we did your questions justice. Um, I'm thinking about doing like a segment in the podcast where you guys send in your little questions or letters and I myself will respond. Um, <laughs> because I'm gonna really put thought into it before I come back and respond and answer to you guys. But this has been our relationship question deep dive featuring my husband. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All 
All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast. This is where I have to say goodbye to you. Thank you all so much for listening, sharing, responding to questions, participating on polls, every little thing that you do to make this podcast great. I just want to thank you for doing it. As always, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop till she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.